Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the Converge 20 podcast series, where we feature speakers and events from the upcoming Converge 20. Converge is in its fifth year of bringing together the world's leading companies for two days of dynamic speakers, thought-provoking breakout sessions, and opportunity to connect with the top like-minded compliance professionals literally across the globe. This year, the conference has gone virtual, but you will still leave the conference with new resources and best practices, allowing you to continue the hard work of driving ethics to the center of business. I link to the conversant registration and the show notes, so go ahead and register as it's at no charge. In this episode, I visit with Ian Foxley, the whistleblower in the Airbus case, who talks about why people step up and speak up. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me yet another speaker at Converge 20. I'm extraordinarily pleased to have Jenny Ken with Kim with me. Jenny, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for having me here. I'm delighted to be here and really uh, looking forward to Converge 20. It's my first time there. Well, Jenny, I was wondering if you might be able to give us a, a little bit of, uh, first of all, your job title and role, and then uh, a little teaser on your talk at Converge. Absolutely. Um, my job title officially is uh, Deputy General Counsel of Political Law and Vice President of Public Policy. However, I often tell people that I'm a connector, a herder, sometimes thought leader, sometimes the no, curator, herder, collector, um, sometimes janitor, depending on whether you need to do a cleanup as well. So I think it all depends on the day, the hour, and the need from my clients. Sounds like a fairly flexible format. Yes, indeed. So what are you going to visit with us about at Converge 20? So for the last decade, I've been working on criminal justice reform. And specifically the last three years, I was very focused on reentry. And the thing about criminal justice reform is when I first started in it, I had no idea what it was in for. And I was probably like other traditional compliance attorneys, right? You think very linearly, you love all the text of the laws and the regulations, you can't wait to share all these like little nuances in the rules. And then when I hit criminal justice reform, I realized that frankly, nobody was paying attention to my presentations. Nobody was reading it. And that compliance was not necessarily the center of the universe for most people like it was for me. And really everybody in this world who is dealing with compliance issues probably more peripherally and also has have all these other issues that they're dealing with in life. So as one of my colleagues says, um, everybody is going up a down escalator. And really, how do you make compliance and the compliance systems and processes more thoughtfully sort of function so that even if someone has a really bad day, the risk to the, both the company and the individual are both mitigated. And so that's where behavioral science comes in and where how people make decisions, how people think about decisions, and how, you know, usually when I first started um, at the company, I really sort of focused on Excel spreadsheets and charts. And then I realized one day, that if I can't remember all the steps, then I can't really expect anyone else to remember all the steps. Same thing with the process of reentry where people who are coming out of prison are reintegrating back into society. You have to make it as simple as possible for them. What are the essential needs? And similarly for compliance, what are the essential needs? For example, I practice in political law. So people need to know what a gift looks like. People need to know what a government employee looks like. And then people need to know who to contact to quickly escalate any questions or issues to get resolved quickly. Because everybody is sort of working in a very Simone Biles, I think, environment nowadays where execution is key. 
And how do you make policies more people-centric and be able to bring both their, you know, and especially in this time of COVID, their personal and their professional together. And what I hope to get out of these sessions is to really understand how we can make our compliance programs more like rubber balls instead of glass balls, right? If you think about rubber balls, they can bounce against the wall when you're in school and you played all those games and they're, they're fine. You could step on them, they'll be fine. But glass balls are very fragile. And the minute they drop to the floor, most likely they'll shatter into a million pieces that you can't glue back together again. But how do we make our compliance uh, programs rubber balls? But more essentially make them more human-centric and people-centric so that people can constantly get that to evolve so that they too become rubber balls. And so that we can all have a more robust system that even the weakest link, even if they have a bad day, they can still keep all the risks mitigated for both the company as well as the individual. Jeannie, I believe this is your first Converge event. And as we are all now uh, either working from home or even socially distancing uh, as compliance professionals, what do you hope to get out of the conference? I still hope to get out of the conference the ability to connect with other people and to continue to build that community. I think the one thing that technology has enabled us to embrace is that despite the fact that, yes, in-person is the most effective. However, if that is not an option, then we need to use the tools available to us. And, you know, just think about how Microsoft Teams and Zoom and Cadence and all these um, social tools, community building tools have evolved. And so we too must evolve that quickly too. And we really need to focus on building community and also listening to others, not to reply, but to actually hear and to understand their unvoiced concepts to build better, more flexible compliance pro programs. And as Richard Bistrong says all the time, we can't like lose sight of our ball on compliance. Now compliance is more important than ever. And this is a huge opportunity for all of us to figure out and to implement and to experiment with how we can make compliance programs even better um, and sort of transform our way of thinking. And again, go back to employees, right? Communities, families, how do we communicate better with the government? There's a lot of moving pieces involved in everyone's lives, and we need to factor all of that in when we build these compliance programs and transform them. Well, Jenny, I, for one, am greatly looking forward to your presentation at Converge 20, but I also look forward to engaging with you. So I'm looking forward to both. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Tom, and look forward to meeting and building, continuing to build communities at Converge 20. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast about one of our Converge 20 speakers or Converge 20 events. I hope you will join me at this event. You can't beat the price. It's free. I've linked to, in the show notes, registration and information. This is going to be literally the best virtual compliance conference of the year. Can't beat the price. You'll be with the top compliance professionals around, and it will be an experience second to none. I hope you will plan to join me, and I look forward to visiting with you virtually at Converge 20.